Did everybody get uh, the handout for the message today? Okay. I probably won't be able to go over all of it, and, uh, but you've got stuff to study there. I like to do that. I like to give you that so you can go back in and study over and look at the scriptures. Um, how many have been in the Word this week? Anybody been reading the Bible? It's, I, can't, I cannot encourage you enough to be in the Word. Amen? I cannot encourage you enough. I'm um, going to talk about it today, but the, the Bible, the Word of God, is the tangible way we can access God. How many have physically seen God this week? Anybody? See, anybody see Jesus this week? Physically see Jesus or see God? I've never seen God physically with my eyeballs. I've never seen Jesus. Even in a vision, I haven't seen Jesus or anything. But when we go to the Word of God, we are experiencing God. That's the tangible way that we can experience God. Uh, in 1 John chapter 1, it says that they said we handled the Word of God. It says we saw the Word of God. Who is the Word of God? Uh, Ken just introduced my message for me today. Who's the Word of God? Jesus. It says we handled the Word of God. We saw the Word of God. In fact, the Bible even says, taste and see the Word, that the Word is good. We can experience God through the Word. So, you know, people a lot of times, they, you know, they uh, have trouble with their faith, right? Like, well, I can't see God. I don't know where God is. When we come into the Word of God, I want you to get this so bad. I want you to get this so bad. God seems far away. Anybody ever feel that way? God seems far away. I felt that way. You know, I, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm confused. And I just want to encourage you to be in the Word because the Lord really will speak to us and to you through His Word. He constantly speaks to me in the Word of God. Most of the ideas or things I get or the prayers I get answered are when I spend time in the Word and then I turn that time in the Word into time in prayer. In Romans 10, Paul said, don't say who's going to go to hell and pull Jesus up out of hell. And don't say who's going to go to heaven and pull Jesus out of heaven. Some, some people say, I'll believe it if I can see it. Anybody ever heard that? With the word of God, it's actually the opposite. You'll see it when you believe it. Think about it. It works just the opposite. I'll see it when I believe it. No. Or I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah I'll, how's I'll believe it when I see it. No. Honestly, when you believe it, that's when you see it. And the word of God is our touchstone. With God. We go to the word, we can actually hear from God. I don't know about you, but that excites me. Sometimes that'll get me up at five in the morning. That's literally got me out of bed at three in the morning. This week, one, one day, literally, I will, and sometimes, anybody wake up in the middle of the night? I know a lot of times, you know, we get older and so, some of us do that. Some nights I'll be sitting there, laying there, and I like to go back to sleep and I'll just get thinking about the Bible. It will literally drive me out of my bed so I can get up and study it because I know that God is talking to me or wants to talk to me. Have you ever experienced that? I want you to experience it because it's so good when you know that God will speak to you or you can talk to God. Well, the Word of God made flesh is that for us. 
We don't have to. We're, we're, we're never going to chase God into heaven. Or we're not going to pull Jesus up from hell. But he said, the word is near you. It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. That's the word of faith which we preach. And we know that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because when you come to God, you have to believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder, right? And how does faith come? By hearing, and hearing what? The word of God. So that, that's how faith comes. So if we want to access God, if we want to be in contact with God, we've got to interact with his word. Now, that's certainly the written word, and that's what I'm talking about. It's also the spoken, preached word. Amen. Someone say amen. God will speak to you. I had a sister this morning tell me, you know, um, I like when you go off on bunny trails sometimes because you've spoken directly to me when you go off on a bunny trail. Sometimes uh, God will speak to you through the preach word, but I know we have a reliable word in the scriptures, so I cannot encourage you enough to that. Now flip over in your uh, scriptures to Hebrews chapter 11. Now, I got five statements. I want you, I don't want you to believe these because I'm telling these to you. I want you to study these this week. I want you to analyze them. I want you to read them, think about them. But I, I want to go somewhere in the Word of God in the coming weeks. A couple weeks ago, I preached on repentance because I know if our hearts are hard and we're not open to the Lord and we're not tender to God, I wanted us to repent because if we're not in repentance, the Word of God will just bounce off of our heart. The Bible says that if you have a hard heart, you cannot receive the Word. So I preached on repentance. You know, and I'll be honest, we make, sometimes we make repentance seem like you've got to drag your carcass up here, and sometimes you do, right? Sometimes you'll cry. But this morning, I really, really want us all to get this. This is so important with the Word of God. This morning over here when we're worshiping, I just did some repenting. Anybody else do any repenting this morning? I just do repenting. I'm telling the Lord, Lord, you know, this could have been better this week. Oh, or, or have you been perfected? You're walking in all you can walk in in God and you don't need to repent. Anybody like that out there? <laughs> you know, no, I just say, Lord, you know, I could have done this better and and Lord, I want, I want this, Lord, I, I want to please you in this way. And I just go through things I'm, I'm worshiping, then all of a sudden just worship, just bust out of my inner being as I repent before God. It keeps our hearts tender before the Lord. Don't you think so? Say, Lord, I'm not perfect yet. In Christ, this is the duality of it. In Christ, the scripture says you've been perfected one time forever by one offering. When God looks at you, he sees you through Jesus he sees you through the blood. He sees you as perfected. But in walking that out, there is growth. Someone say amen. And so in that growth process, it does involve repentance. And if we don't repent, our hearts can get hard. So repentance really should be, it's a, it should be a daily part of our lives. You know, how many of you men yelled at your wives this week, don't raise your hand? Gideon, put your hand back down. No, I'm just kidding. Or how many wives, you know, had a word or two for your husbands this week? You know, <laughs> good, 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 no, but, or, you know, as with the Christian brother this week, he let slip a, a word probably he shouldn't let slip. You know, I love that. I just, it was just raw and boom. You know, we're not uh, perfected. We do things and it is good just to be humble and realize 
that we are all in process. And even when it comes to faith, you know, we're all, uh, we don't all have it. We don't have every gift. We're made up of a body, and there's different gifts throughout the body. So it's really good if we're going to access God's grace and favor, it's really good to be humble. Amen? Amen? And that humility is repentance, you know, letting the Lord know, you know, where we've stumbled a little bit or, or, or what we're looking at. But also, it is truly a changing of our thinking, a changing of our mind, which I talked about. But we have to have a tender heart because God works in our heart. I was reading the parable of the sower again this week. Y'all in Hebrews 11? Okay, we're going to get there. I was reading the parable of the sower again this week, and I just marvel at that parable. Listen, Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand any of the scripture. You won't understand any of the parables. And he was talking about the word of God and how the sower sows the word. When we preach the gospel, when we preach the word of God, we are literally sowing the word of God. Someone say amen. And the whole battle of hell and the whole battle of Satan in your life and in my life is he wants to get you off the word. Because the Bible says in that word is everything you need for this life and to be godly. Everything you need. And there is way more in there than you can imagine. If you are not pursuing that word, I'm telling you right now, you have no idea what is all in that word. It's all in there. We have an inheritance in there. We have forgiveness in there. We have redemption. We've been bought back. There is sonship in there, in the Word of God. It tells us who we are. It is just so powerful. And God has given this Word to us, the Word of grace in Jesus Christ. It's power. But we have to be people that are plowing and spending time in that Word. Someone say amen. amen. The parable of the sower really shows you how the enemy... He is after that word. Uh, you said, you know, it's not all about me. That song today. Didn't that song say it's not all about me? It ain't all about you. It's not all about me. Tell you what it's about, as far as the enemy is concerned, it's about that word that he wants to steal out of your heart. Because that word will reproduce. the word In Isaiah 55 it says the Word of God will reproduce what God wants it to reproduce in your life when it finds its mark. That's what it says. It says, in fact, the Word, it's impossible that the Word won't produce. I'm going to have to go there. I'll get back to Hebrews. It's impossible that the Word won't produce what it's sent to accomplish. If God sends His Word to accomplish something, it is impossible that it won't do it. But as far as the believer goes, we have to open our hearts up to it because there is an adversary that's fighting it. What does God want us to bear in our life? He wants us to bear fruit, right? Now, how's that fruit come? Huh? By the word. By the word. It says the sower sowed that word and it produced fruit. It bore fruit. In fact, and a lot of times, it's one of, something that's so important when it comes to the Word, this is so important, Ken, it's patience. God will give you a word, or you'll hear a word in Sunday, in Sunday morning, you believe, could be a word about anything, could be a word you know that God has spoken to you. And I just want to ask you, I'm really trying to help us this morning, how many of you on Sunday morning, be honest, you've heard something and you knew that was for you, but by Tuesday, it really wasn't 
there anymore, you let it go, or you, you, you just lost hope in it, or let go of that word by Tuesday, you knew that God had spoken to you, well, talk about, you could talk about anything, just put, put something on there in your life. God told you you was going to get a new job, and the sermon came, and you had faith in your heart that God was going to provide that job, but by Tuesday, you were complaining again. Or God said he was going to do something in your marriage. He promised you or save one of your kids or he was going to move like a mighty mountain in some area. But by Tuesday or Wednesday, you'd let go of it already. Anybody? I'm the only one that's ever happened to, right? I was standing. I'm telling you, you say, well, I'll tell you, God does speak. And I got scriptures on it in the word of God. This isn't my opinion. Christians believe the Bible, don't we? I'm not, I hope it don't sound like I'm mad at anybody because I'm about ready to get after it. Christians believe the Bible, don't we? We believe the Bible. This is the Word of God. Do you know in Hebrews chapter 12, it says that Jesus right now speaks to us from heaven? Did you know that? He speaks to us from heaven right now. The Word says in the last days, the Spirit speaks expressly. That means He is detailed. He gives clarity. The Spirit speaks to us. So you go home, and on Monday, the enemy is after that word, that son that God said that he was going to save. Don't be surprised as he cusses you out on Monday. That financial blessing God told you, the house he told you he was going to give you, don't be surprised if someone takes it off from under you on Tuesday. The enemy is always, but whatever the enemy does or whatever life throws at you, it cannot undercut the word of God. If God said it, he'll do it. And he is teaching us to live by what? Faith. Well, if you live by faith, you're going to have a battle. The Bible calls it the fight of faith. We are always going to be in a battle. But if God sows that word and you hold on to it, that he tells you he's going to save your son, your son can curse at you, he can scream at you, he can say whatever he wants to you, but if you hold on to the word that God spoke to you, it'll be like God told you it would be. If someone say Amen. I was standing at a men's conference. It was in, in Indiana. I was at another church, and I was going in, and, and I was worshiping God. And as I was worshiping God, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, Brad, I am going to save your son. And I said, Lord, I believe you. I, I right on the bleachers, my hands wide. I said, Lord, I believe you. And I said, thank you, Lord, for saving my son. And I'm telling you, my son didn't act any different on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. In fact, sometimes it was quite the contrary. But I, no matter what my boy did or no matter what he said, I said, God, you told me you were going to save my son. I believe you. It was, and I don't want to exaggerate, and Pam, you might remember better than me, but it was within a few weeks that I baptized my boy in this water right over here. Was anybody there at that service when my son got baptized? God had spoken to me. A few weeks before that, at a conference, I'm going to save your son. And I said, Lord, I believe you. And I was putting my boy in the water several weeks later. And I didn't care what, I didn't care what the devil did. I didn't care what he did. God had told me it didn't matter what anybody else did or anybody else said. If God spoke it, he'll do it. Something, I had temptation in my life and things, and I, not that I yielded to the temptation, but just things coming at me. And uh, just trying to, you, you know, just, any of you ever battle with the enemy? Just trying to throw stuff off and it keeps wanting to come back. You're trying to throw it off. And I just got this scripture. The word of God says I'm dead to sin. Anybody ever read that before? 
will save half your problems if you start believing that scripture. I just started speaking out of my mouth. I am dead to sin. No matter what the temptation, no matter what's coming at me, I'm dead to sin. God, I don't care how I felt, I'm dead to sin. The more that I believed and the more that I spoke, by the way, the word says, as I have believed, therefore have I spoken. It's time to get your speaker lined up with your believer. Someone say amen. amen. Come on. What am I saying? You believe something, you speak it. As I believe, therefore have I spoken. I just started saying, God, I'm dead to sin. I'm dead to sin. The Word of God says in Romans 6 that I died to sin. I consider myself dead to sin. In Romans 6, 11, it tells you, consider yourself dead to sin. So when you are tempted, you need to say out of your mouth, I am dead to sin. Someone say amen. amen. I'm preaching better than you're amening. Amen. I'm going to get to this. I want to build these, sta these statements. I listen to different preachers. I mean good preachers. I could name them, and you'd know most of them, Ken. You'd know a lot of them. And there's good teachers. You guys recommend teachers, and I read them. And I, you know, what, what the funny thing is, and I've said this before, but it's funny how much they'll disagree on different stuff. If you try to get this teacher to agree on tithing with this teacher over here or this guy to agree on healing with this guy over here, it'll put your head in a spin, a tailspin. And I told the Lord, I was praying recently, and I told the Lord, and, I, and I, I still will listen to preachers. I was reading, I read a couple things teach, this week. I was reading books and studying, but the book of all books for me is the Bible. And I said, God, the thing for me that settles all disputes in my walk with you is the Word of God. And I said, Lord, if you show it to me in the Word of God, then Lord, with all my heart, my desire is to believe it. Amen? So I want to believe it. I don't care what, even if I love this, Billy Graham, as good as Billy Graham is, if Billy Graham preaches something and your word doesn't say what he's saying, I'm going to lay it aside. If Brother X is preaching something and that's not what your word says, I'm going to lay it aside. I want to dig into the word to find out what the word is speaking to me. Someone say amen. God, according to the scriptures, has exalted his word above his name. His word is exalted. He cannot lie. Isn't that powerful? Well, faith is not a casual thing, folks. You don't just say, well, I, believe, I just go in there and I believe this and I believe. Faith is an interaction with God. The Bible says Jacob wrestled with an angel all night. He was wrestling with God. Faith is you and God interacting. The Word of God is a living thing. It's sharp and it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And the Bible says it'll search your heart. That Word literally goes into your heart and searches you, separating your mind from your spirit. You don't know what to do and you're praying, I don't have wisdom on this. You go into the Word and that Word will literally separate out your emotions from your spirit. And you can know what to do. But sometimes there's a wrestling with it. Anybody in Hebrews? <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go back there. <laughs> Let's get back to Hebrews. Let me read it. Hebrews 11.3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Anybody believe that? 
Next, next week, uh, Gideon's going to teach on creation. We're going to talk, I can't, I'm looking forward to it. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Everything we see here in the visible, this is my statement here, it was created by the Word of God. Isn't that powerful? In fact, the Bible says that right now, things still consist by the Word of God. They're held together right now by the Word of God, the powerful Word of God. The material world was created and is influenced. That's my statement. I give a few more scriptures there. By the spiritual world. There, there's an invisible realm, folks, that we do not see that influences this realm. When we learn to hook up, and I'm going to say with God because He is the invisible God. When we learn to hook up with God in that invisible realm, this realm we can't see, we can be an unstoppable person. The Bible says that all things are possible to those that believe. The Word of God says that God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, all we ask or think through Jesus Christ. Someone say amen. In this world is more certain and more real than the world we live in right now. The Bible says this earth is all going to be shaken. Everything in it is going to be shaken. And the only thing that's left is going to be the, the eternal, this invisible realm. All this temporary stuff is going to be gone one day. It's all going to be shook. And all that's going to be left is that invisible realm. The kingdom of God is all that's going to be left. Believers must learn to see the invisible, statement number two. So the world was created by things that we can't see. There is an invisible realm that influences our visible realm, and believers must learn to live by the invisible. The Bible says we walk by and not by. What does that mean to you? I'm asking you out there to think, what does that mean to me that I walk by faith, and I don't walk by sight. What does that mean? Anybody want to answer me? What does that mean to you, that you walk by faith and not by sight? Say that. Your eyes can definitely deceive you. When we walk by faith, we're walking in the Spirit in the invisible realm. We're not being blown around by every situation and every trial and everything that comes to us. We don't build our house on sand. We don't build our house on ABC or NBC or CBS or The Who or the, what's that other one, the Fauci's gang. We don't build our, our, our house based on what the world is telling us, what's going on out there. We build our house based on what God is saying in His Word and by His Spirit to us. Isn't it amazing? Every time you see when, where the Bible talks about the Word, it says when Jesus says, when someone hears my words and they obey them, they do what I say. They hear the Word. They see the invisible. Anybody ever seen Jesus talking to them? Where did you hear Jesus talking to you? Have you heard Jesus? You hear Him in your heart. And he says, that hearing of God, the hearing by faith, is more certain than things that are on the outside. It says, things in the world are like sand. 
They will come, they will go. They, things will blow here and they will blow there. It says the man or the woman that builds her house on the word of God, you are building your house on the rock. You are building your house on a firm foundation. That's powerful to me. Believers truly are hearers and doers. We hear the word of God and we do it. Flip over to 2 Kings chapter 6. I don't get it in the Old Testament enough. I want you to see this. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse, uh, we're going to read verse 14 through 17. You guys still with me? I've got 10 minutes. I might get through two points today, but that's good. I read this week, a guy said that you can be in a room, literally, and I've seen this before, where heaven is being poured out, and you could have a thousand people in the room, and the Holy Spirit's pouring out, and you can have somebody in the back doing a crossword puzzle. You got a kid crawling on the floor, which is okay, but I'm saying, and they're completely oblivious to what's going on in the spirit. You might have a person daydreaming about what they're going to have for lunch. Anybody thinking about lunch already? Hey, Amen. That's okay. No, that's all right. No condemnation. No condemnation. Happened during worship this morning. You can, your mind can be disengaged and someone else is getting heaven poured out. When I was worshiping God in Indianapolis and the Lord spoke to me and the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to save your son. I am sure there were people, whole sections of people in the back that were looking around and noticing this and noticing that. They weren't connecting. When Jesus was on the earth, there was a whole section of people. They went out and heard him and they believed him. They were getting miracles. And you had a whole other group of people that were just fighting him the whole way. Just fighting him. Heaven was being poured out. We have to see the invisible realm. And what I want to encourage us today, one of the most tangible, easy ways to experience the kingdom is to meditate and be in God's word prayerfully and to be listening to God. I, I, I preach this kind of message a lot because I sense how much God wants to talk to you, how much he wants to speak to you, how much he wants to do in our lives. And if we don't give him the opportunity, he's just not going to. He just can't. He can't. We're not listening to the Lord. 2 Kings chapter 6, listen to, listen to this. I'll go with verse 14. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. Now, this is a battle in Israel. Are these real horses and chariots? Physical, material horses and chariots? Yes, you, yes they are. There's horses and chariots. The, uh, you know, I won't say what. Some, an army is surrounding these people. 
And his servant said to him, oh, alas, my master, what shall we do? Now, there's two people here. There's the servant and there's the prophet. And I want you to hear this. The prophet is seeing something that the servant is not seeing. And the calm and the faith and the assurance and the steadfastness and the patience of the prophet would seem to be ridiculous to the servant that's just looking out and surrounding is all, are all these horses and all these chariots, all these things that are out there. And this is what the prophet said to the servant. He said, he answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So Elisha the prophet is standing there, and he has already seen into the spirit, and he sees the army of God surrounding him, and he's not afraid one bit. But to the person that's not seeing and to the person that's not hearing, it would seem completely unreasonable. Folks, there is a confidence and a steadfastness in God when you hear from Him. And I'm talking about in the Word and in, in prayer, when you can hear from God. David used to pray all the time. You, you can read in the Old Testament, before he, King David, before he went to battle, he would pray. He would say, Lord, should I go up? And he would listen. The Bible says he inquired of the Lord. That shows humility, Charlie. He inquired of the Lord, Lord, should I go up? And the Lord would say, go up. And he would go up and he'd win the battle. Or one time I remember, he said, Lord, should I go up? Should I fight this battle? And God said, just wait. And when you hear the wind blowing through the mulberry bushes, the mulberry, whatever the trees, whatever they were, when you see, hear the wind, then I want you to go up. He was listening to God and he was praying to God and he was hearing from God. I want us to be a people that hear from God. In Hebrews eleven twenty seven, 27, the scripture says that Moses endured his trial. He endured his affliction because he saw him who was invisible. When he was going through his trial, he endured it. He went through that trial and said he could see him who was invisible. can't tell you how much this week God's been talking to me. There's stuff going on and he's been talking to me about I'm going to stop there at point two. I, I, I've got a lot, lot more in this. But God's been talking to me. He's been, I've got situations going on, and the Lord will give me a word. And one word he's given me recently is out of James. He says, count it all joy when you encounter various trials. And as I'm studying the word, more and more I see in the word how joy and patience pay a part, play a part in every miracle we get from God. He says, count on all joy. And, you know, I run into Christians, and there are some Christians that are victorious Christians, and many of you are victorious Christians, but I'm so amazed at how often, how much of the time, when you talk to a Christian, and I want to have compassion because I know people go through things, and I know bad things happen, and some things are so hard, and we need to be, I don't just, when someone tells me they're going through a hard time, I don't just 
cast a judgment on them. I want to pray for them, and I want to encourage them. But the Bible says when we encounter these trials, it says count it all joy when you have a trial because the testing of your faith is going to work patience. So when you have a trial, your faith is tested and your patience is also often tested. So when we've heard the word of God, it is so important that we don't let go of what God is telling us. The word says it is through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. That's Hebrews 6.12. It is through faith and through patience that we inherit. So I've had this test, this thing going on in my life, and every time I pray about it, I literally, because God, the Lord, when I was praying and I was in the Word, He said, I want you to count it all joy, and I don't want you to worry about it. Sometimes at night, I'll wake up and I'll, anybody, any night worriers out there? You know, I'm a night worrier. I mean, I, 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 but I always say, Lord, I'm not worrying. This is trying to come on me. I'm not accepting it. But at, the, at nighttime, it's almost like worry tries to sit on my mind about things. I will literally get in the mirror and I will look in the mirror regarding this trial, and I'll pray about it, and I'll look in the mirror and I will intentionally laugh. I'll just get a belly laugh. I just count it joy. I just start laughing. I know the devil hates that. Because I'm determined to believe God in this trial. And I keep reading, the, the, the word says that we need to, we will be partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. So you hear the word of God, God gives you confidence. It says you will partake of Christ if you keep your confidence steadfast until the end. You don't let go of what God's told you. Don't let go. Believe the word of God. Hold on to it. You would think I was ridiculous. I'll look in the mirror sometime. I do look ridiculous. I'll just sit there. I literally will look in the mirror and I'll just go, ha, 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 ha. That's silly, isn't it? I just write out of my spirit. I'll just sit there and laugh until I, just out of my, I'll just sit there and laugh at my, tri laugh at my problem because the Lord told me to count it joy. I will make sure that I count it joy. Someone say amen. amen. Anybody else ever do that? Just look, just look in the mirror and laugh at your trial. If we believe God, amen, doesn't his word say that? I got a, a whole message coming about joy. I feel, I feel when people, the Bible says when people weep, weep with them. It says when they cry, so I do that. But I want to tell you the way to victory, and sometimes weeping is in order, and sometimes tears are in order. But the Word says that we can rejoice in the midst of our trial. We can literally rejoice in the midst of our trial. God isn't leaving us hanging where we don't have weapons. We don't have things that we can do in the midst of our trial. So, folks, if God is giving you a word, or if you're in the Scriptures and God makes a promise, complaining Christians are unbelieving Christians. I'm not talking about people suffering, people sharing with you and saying, hey, I'm hurt, this happened to me, and it's really here. That's not what I'm talking about. Complaining Christians are unbelieving Christians. Complaining, you won't get anything from the Lord. Isn't that pretty heavy? Is that heavy? You won't get anything from the Lord because there's absolutely no faith in it. 
There's no believing in it. There's no faith in it. Anybody going to say amen? Doesn't mean when you have a trial or you have sorrow or something. Again, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about complaining about over and over again, complaining. What you're doing is you're short-circuiting your answer from the Lord. You're short-circuiting your blessing from God. Doesn't it say that? Yeah, that's what happened to the Israelites wandering. So I just want to encourage us, folks, we should keep the beginning of our confidence, what God spoke to us, and sometimes you've got you to gotta fight with that thing. You've got to speak to it. You've got to wrestle with it, and you have to endure like Moses did. Father, I come to you through Jesus, and I pray, Lord, again, God, For endurance, I pray that we're a people of the Spirit and people of the Word. God, I pray for endurance that when you speak to us and you give us a word and you tell us how to walk, God, that you'll give us courage and confidence to hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. I pray that you'll teach us how to walk by faith, Lord, and not by sight so our house won't sink in the sand. Lord, I bless this people. I pray that this word goes in our heart today and bears fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.